think we are. Yep, we're alive. All right. Excellent. Welcome to Talking Saratoga, a weekly podcast with insight on the latest news, debate, and discussion from Saratoga Springs, a city that certainly doesn't suffer from a lack of opinions. I'm Robin Dalton, a New York City girl turned Saratogian, a city council veteran, and currently very angry former public safety commissioner, although we'll get into that later. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, Andy Federici, who's a native of the Buffalo suburb of Chickadawaga, a retired New York State trooper, past police union leader, attorney, publisher of the Saratoga Report, husband and father to two beautiful girls. And we are also going to be joined, we hope, by our co-host, Adam Israel. He's in Poland right now. Um, he's been going to the border to help with the Ukrainian refugees. Uh, we updated you all on that last week, and he is planning on joining us, but we're guessing that he is in a tricky cell spot um, or doing something more important probably than podcasting. So we hope that he's able to join us. And when he does, we will bring him into this live stream. But we wanted to get started and we wanted to talk, you know, talk about Ukraine and what Adam is doing over in Poland. Um, Dan, I know I have been just floored by the community's response here in Saratoga and supporting his efforts and also hearing how he's been able to help in Poland. It's just been incredible. Have you been uh, following? I've, I've always been happy to be a Saratogian, and now I'm proud to be a Saratogian, to, to know Adam and other people, one who will be on shortly, um, other places uh, that are helping. Impressions comes to mind, Impressions of Saratoga yeah. and the Dark Horse. There are many others, uh, but that's one I'm, I'm uh, more familiar with. Their website has some shirts you can buy and uh, to help out. So there's many different uh, opportunities, all uh, initiated by, well, it, it happens everywhere, certainly. Uh, but but you know, we know what's happening here in Saratoga, and I'm proud of that. Absolutely. And, and you're right, the Dark Horse Mercantile, which is owned by um, Impressions as well, they're the ones, I believe, selling the T-shirts and sweatshirts um, in support of Ukraine. I know I bought one earlier this week, so I would encourage everybody to go to their social media feeds or go in the store and buy one. Um, it goes to the uh, Red Cross that's assisting in this uh, refugee kind of crisis that we're in. Um, for me, it's just been, I, you know, watching the videos and images from this war has been so emotional and, and, and tough. And so you want to do something, you know, like you want to help, you want to do something, but you don't really know how to help. And so when Adam, you know, decided to go over to Poland and we had this opportunity to raise money and, and then see how it was translating into help for refugees and the things that Adam has uh, been able to provide for them, also the things that they've wanted um, have just been really incredible. Um, so I hope he's able to join us and talk about that. But I also wanted to bring in Kristen, who is... Hold on right here. Hi. Kristen, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having so me. So I wanted to bring Kristen in because I got a call from Kristen last week and she, like we were, was watching what was happening in Ukraine and really wanted to help out. And so Kristen, why don't you tell everybody kind of what you called and what you were proposing? Oh, sure. So uh, my mom had found um, what Adam was doing, the Letters of Hope for Ukraine, I think in the local paper or maybe it was on the television and she said i think we should do this so we got some cards we got some 20 dollar bills at the bank we just started filling the cards and my family on long island said oh you know what can we venmo you money and we'll write some cards out and then can you just write them in the card for us what we want to say and we said yeah sure so we wrote some cards we dropped them at the inn and i came home and it was late it was late on saturday night because i wanted to make sure adam had them before he left when i got home my mom was sitting on the couch and we were just chatting and i said you know i just feel like that was great we did that but I don't know. It's not enough, but I don't know. What are we going to do? You know, we're in Saratoga. Um, I have three little kids. What else are we going to do? So 
we kind of both went to bed that night and we were like, something's just not sitting right. So then on Monday, she called and she's like, you know, we still have to do something. And I said, yeah, I know, but what? And then Tuesday, she said, you know, I think we need to make ribbon. We need to sell ribbon. I said, that's a great idea. So I thought she was going to go to Michael's and get a spool of blue ribbon and a spool of yellow ribbon. And people could just make little bows on their tree, nice and simple. <laughs> but my mom likes to make mountains and a mohills. And she said, <laughs> We have to make bows and they have to be beautiful and they have to be weatherproof. So she went to Michael's and found some um, poly ribbon, which is waterproof. And she made these beautiful bows. So I connected with Adam and he said, yes, you can raise money. I spoke to Robin and we just started making bows. And I figured maybe we would sell, I'd sell them to my neighborhood and, you know, some people in Saratoga that I knew. And maybe we would make, you know, $200 or $300. The response that we've gotten from Saratoga has been unbelievable because people are so inspired by what adam is doing um and helping the ukrainian refugees and it's you know when you donate to the red cross and you donate to other organizations um you feel so great right because you're doing something that you should do and that's you know because you're human right mm -hmm. but when you're giving money to adam you're actually seeing on his um facebook post everything where the money's going you know and he you know he had a picture and it was a little boy's birthday and he just crossed the border a week ago and his dad's back in ukraine and his grandmother's here in the states and adam put together like a little birthday party for him and to me like that as a mom i just thought that was just amazing so seeing where the money's going and how it's being used is incredible and the bows are beautiful and then you know i'm gonna i'm gonna try to show people a picture of the bows if, if you can see that we can you can so they're awesome, and um, Kristen's been dropping them off for everybody. And you can like put them, like I put them all along my porch. Um, and it's also just such a nice visual reminder that other people in this community are thinking about the same thing. And we wanna you know, stand together and show our support. So it's just a really simple but beautiful way to you know, have this visual element and know that other people here are, are worried about the Ukrainians and are, are praying for them and thinking about them as well. And I must say, I have not made one vote. My mother has made all the bows. How many have been made so far? Oh, okay. So I figured it out last night and I sent a text out. So let me figure, let me find the text. Because I was like. While she looks for the text, I'll tell you, uh, Adam just texted me. He's hoping to be on in about five minutes. So that's yeah. great news. I'm glad he can join us. So 285 bows were sold. 285. And we, I, we, I Venmoed Adam one thousand seven hundred and eighty-five dollars. Wow! And there was that was done in, but they're on consignment. So I said, you sell them, and I'll pick up the money. So I probably have two hundred to three hundred dollars out there, um, with bows out there. So I think my mom's made over three hundred bows. Which I let me tell you, Dan. I don't know. I don't know if you're into bows or ribbon. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna guess maybe not, but I am. And I can't tell you, this is not an easy thing to make. You have to cut the ribbon, twist it up, tying metal wire around it so that people can attach it to their trees or porches. I mean, this is not an easy task. So your mom deserves major praise. Thank you, Kristen's mom, you rock. Um, but the fact that these have all been sold through just word of mouth and it's unbelievable. Can, can, can I ask, cause I, I don't have one. I'm kind of new to this, this story. Um, can I ask how do we how do does someone go about getting the bows? I saw a little bit on Facebook they could message you, but what is the best way, I guess? So right now, um Silverwood has some. They have 
20 bows as of yesterday, but I don't know what they have left this morning. I'm hoping they have all of them because my mom's hands hurt today. Um, and Catholic Charities on Regent Street has some to sell. And then anyone can face can Facebook me. Um, they can get in touch with Robin. That's like that's the best way as of right now. Um, if you, you can put my email, Robin, do you have like a? Yes, I can. I can uh, add your email and put my phone number. I don't care. Yes, I can. Oh, you look. I think we have Adam. Hold on, let me bring him in. See me, Adam. I can see hey. you. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? We have some friends. We're driving. Hi, friends. Hi. This is my, this is my friend Robin, guys. Can you say hi? We're from Ukraine. Wow. We love you and we support yes. you and are thinking of Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, wow. guys, listen, I, I'm five minutes away from dropping them off at their destination. So, uh, Robin, can you kick me out and I'll jump back on maybe in yeah. about 10 minutes, all right? Yes, absolutely. We're thinking all about right, you all. Bye-bye. Yes. Yes. Bye-bye. Wow. I just, I just can't. I, that, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready. I know. It's going to make me cry. So just so people know, if they're watching this, um, that Adam has been going to the border of uh, Ukraine and Poland to pick up refugees and help bring them to a place that has room and shelter and, you know, can help them and house them and get them settled. So that was Adam picking up a family. And you saw there were a lot of kids in that car. And um, yeah. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> that we raised is going to give put gas in Adam's car so he can get these families to their destination in Poland yes. and they're safe and and can get them food and and you know what we've what we've heard from Adam is that a lot of these families so oftentimes once they get settled in Poland the husband or father figure goes back to Ukraine to fight and um the the mothers and women who are getting settled in these various communities in Poland they really don't want to be a burden and they're hyper aware of making sure they they want to work essentially they want to work they want to be put to work they want to contribute to the communities that they're in. And so Adam has been helping facilitate that by, um, you know, he had mentioned that there were two women the other day who wanted to be able to clean houses like that. They thought was the easiest way to start working and making some money. And so he was able to get them some cleaning supplies so they would be able to start doing something. Um, but it's just been really, I've just been in awe of the Ukrainian spirit and um, the way they have taken this in stride and their courage and resilience is just, incredible it's remarkable if, if 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 i could just mention because um yes. also um there is a way to directly contribute off letters of hope for ukraine if someone for some reason could, couldn't pick up a ribbon you know wanted to keep the ribbons for other people uh they can go right to that facebook page right and there is a, a button on there i think to to uh, to donate as well and that will get to adam as well correct yes yes you can are so many people have like, even when I Venmo, I look, people are saying just, you know, so a little bit extra, you know, get food for a family tonight. It's just, it's so, it warms my heart. How many people are just so generous and really want to help these families. It, it really is the way we came together as a community to help another, you know, to help a country is, is really incredible. Yeah. I'm going to try to, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to try to put up the, uh, Adam's Venmo, um, handle right now because you can Venmo Adam directly um, and uh, he will he will put that right 100% of everything we're Venmoing 100%. him is going right right to the refugees. 
and they can also stop at the inn at Saratoga. I saw on Adam's Facebook page, they're still accepting cards with, with money put in them. The inn at Saratoga on Broadway, downtown Saratoga Springs. Yep. Um, I've got a, nope, never mind. I'm going to, I'll put in his Venmo uh, handle in the comments afterwards. It's like, I can't really do it while we're uh, live broadcasting. But um, if you're listening, it's Adam, it's at Adam, A-D-A-M dash Israel dash two on Venmo. And his profile is really easy to spot because there's a big Ukrainian flag on it. Um, so I will put that in again in the comments. But uh, one of the things that I've observed about how this kind of, how this happens, um, when there's a war, when a country has been invaded, you know, the whole world is sending help and aid and humanitarian efforts are all underway. But the time it takes to get from governments and big aid organizations to trickle down to the people who are fleeing right now is significant. Like there's a significant lag there, understandably so. And so I think that's kind of what makes this so special, um, having Adam there, because it's instant. You know, it's instantly going from Kristen to Adam to the people who need it. Right. And you don't have to deal with any of the bureaucracy um, and, and, and time that it takes to go through bigger organizations. As well as the overhead of those organizations, and you you always oh, want to yeah. know one hundred percent. And Kristen, I think you mentioned it earlier. It's all going direct. There's there's no overhead being paid for here. It's yes, yeah. we're lean and mean. We don't. We donated the first um, six hundred dollars worth of ribbon, and then uh, we've been trying to get the sales and stuff, and we haven't even reached the six hundred dollars yet. So every single cent collected as of right now has gone to Adam. We have not even had to take out money for the ribbons yet because we said we'll donate the first six hundred. To the ribbon so really adam gets a ton of money up front to really help in his efforts yes and your mom hasn't been charging us yet so thank you again kristen's mom for all your free bow making um but if people are driving around saratoga you'll notice these bows if you want a bow again uh, you can find us on facebook at letters for hope for ukraine um you could message kristen you could message me i'm robin dalton my contact information is basically everywhere online so um please reach out to us or go to silverwood Silverwood is right in the middle of Broadway, right at the intersection of Broadway and Division. Um, they also, hopefully, we think have some bows left. So just uh, if you want to contribute again, $5, it's a really easy way to help out this effort. And um, tell your friends and spread the word so we can, this is going to be an ongoing struggle and crisis in Ukraine. So we want to we want to be able to keep this a, a slow and steady flow of money would be terrific. Well said. Well stated. Yeah. Well, thank Kristen, you for joining us, Kristen. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead, Dan. Thank you. You, you. We don't know each other. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> pleased to know you. Pleased to meet you. Well, uh, honor do. I love what you're doing. This, uh, this is a, a great start to our, our, our show, uh, uh, this, our podcast this week, and uh, we hope to keep coming. We, we hope you can uh, come back and maybe update us uh, down the road. Well, thank you guys for having me. Have a good rest of the show. Thank Bye. you, Kristen. Bye. Bye. Well, hey there, Dan. Wow. That was I know. Moving. This is the most moving uh, 15 minutes we've done in, a, in our, you know, we've, we're already on our sixth podcast, so we do have a little bit of a history here, and this, each each show is more moving than the one prior. I, you know, to see those kids in the car and, and hear their voices was, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, you know, it just, it tugs at your heart, and as parents and, and humans, really, it's just, um, incredibly incredibly impactful the, so the, i'm looking forward to add oh go sorry, ahead. Go sorry ahead. Dan. no no no. you go the the good news is and obviously you can't be fooled the, the, these kids have gone through hell 
no doubt they're uprooted they're out of their country thank god for people like adam and and, and over there and and, and Kristen and, and others here um that that are helping so much uh they, they looked healthy they looked um uh uh, it, it, it wasn't a, um, a, a shock. I'm sure they've been through hell. I'm sure the picture doesn't tell a lot, but at least they looked, you know, like, like kids, you know, they looked, they, they look good. They, they kept something there and I was, uh, uh moved by that, but, uh, I'm sure Adam will have backstories for us that will make us realize, oh my God. You know, I think a huge part of that is the, the parents of these kids, um, the moms and dads and these families have put on such a brave and courageous face and, Dan, you and I know on just like a basic level, you know, if you're freaking out, your kids are going to freak out. Yeah. Um, and so putting on that brave face and and getting through this ordeal and doing it in a way such that your children feel confident and okay about what's happening, even though it is really traumatic and um, and scary for them. I mean, I think it just makes all the difference. And I think that's what we've, we've seen from the Ukrainians. Oh, yes. Well, well, well stated. You're on your game today, Robin. You're, 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 you're <laughs> really, very well. Well, I also just one quick shout out again to Adam's wife, Kasha. Um, Kasha Israel is from Poland. Um, that is Adam's connection to Poland. And uh, she's here in Saratoga Springs and she has just been doing an incredible job. Um, Adam will call us if there's a roadblock that he's run into or um, you know something he needs that's specific to a family he's helping. So he's calling Kasha who is on the phone with people who are speaking Ukrainian and she's you know writing things down and trying to translate them and then and then get help to uh, solve whatever the problem is. And that's, uh, it's tough, it's stressful. It's, you know, her home country as well. And she's just done a phenomenal job. And and who wouldn't want a wife like Kasha Israel? Kasha, you are awesome. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to Adam coming back and joining us again with more updates. But and yes. then in his Facebook page, the Letters of Hope for Ukraine, he has a yeah. few updates on there that I was reading this morning. And that's, the, those are moving as well. Just just him telling some basic details. He's you could tell he's 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 writing on the on the fly as things are going on, and um, wow, that's just like that. That does more for me than than watching a, a cable news of the nonstop footage, which, quite frankly, is depressing. It's important. I get it, but you know, you end up watching too much of that. So reading reading Adam, somebody you know on on the front, at least in Poland. Um, that that was helpful for me. That was uh, the, more so than watching everything going on in the news. I, I totally agree because sometimes you know I'll go on Twitter in the morning because I just want to check in and see you know what's happening in Ukraine and is everyone you know okay? Well, where's the violence been? And you kind of get sucked into these videos that are incredibly disturbing of war and explosions and you know catastrophic damage and and to put the human face on it and to see what is really happening on a day-to-day -day level with the people who are having to leave that country really does just kind of connect us all, I think, as human beings. And um, you see the best of humans and the best of the human spirit and compassion, and it helps offset some of the evil that you are seeing from uh, the Russians and, and Putin. So helps helps everybody, you know? Yes, absolutely. I, so um, oh, go ahead. should we switch gears for a minute here? And, yes. Um, Talk so big left turn, uh, talking Saratoga Springs and uh, what's going on here and what um, we like to do with the show. We tape it on Wednesdays uh, primarily because every other Tuesdays there's a city council meeting, and city council meetings are sometimes I mean they're long and I can say because I did them for two years they can be wicked boring sometimes right because there's a lot of minutia, a lot of um, granular stuff, a lot of things you're voting on that are just like transfers of budgets or payroll or you know consent agendas and it's it's boring. 
But buried in that, there are a lot of significant things that impact Saratogians that people don't know about necessarily. And so one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to do city council recaps and let people know what went on the night before. Um, because, you know, it's of interest to them and it'll probably be impactful for them. So, Dan, I'm not sure if you caught, caught last night's city council meeting, but it was a doozy. Um, were you able to see any of it? I didn't see any of it, but I've uh, read every write-up there was on it. Uh, uh, Steve Thurston from Foothills, uh, Daily Gazette, and so forth. Uh, so I, I am not as familiar as you are with it, but I, I do a familiarity with what happened last night. Well, I hopped on last night. I was not uh, anticipating it being a three-hour meeting. <laughs> it was a was quite long. Um, there was some public comment um, regarding the hospital expansion uh, and the folks who live over on Morgan Street. Um, there has been some developments there. Uh, there was a court decision that has stopped that uh, zoning change from happening. And so that was one of the things that people are public commenting quite a bit about. Um, but but really, and I want to get into some of the other topics, but really the, the headline here and the reason I started this show by saying I was an angry former public safety commissioner um, was what happened with the police department last night. Um, so Dan, do you want me to give a little kind of summary of, of how this went down and then, and then I want your feedback? Absolutely. You, you and I have talked about it already because you are fired up. So I'm going to defer you here. So let, let me just say that I'm going to try to give an accurate reporting of what happened last night, but I am a bit biased um, because I had this position for the last two years and I, I am fiercely devoted to the police department. So um, I encourage people to go watch the city council meeting when it's posted on the city's website. But essentially what happened was that there was an agenda item on the commissioner of public safety's agenda. Um, and it referenced a change in the police staffing levels. Um, there was no supporting document attached to it, which is typically how the agendas are supposed to work, such that the public has an opportunity to see what the city council is going to be discussing. And if they want to weigh in on that, they're able to read the resolution or whatever is being voted on so they can weigh in on it and come to public comment and give the city council feedback. Because let's not forget the city council is not supposed to be doing what they personally want to do. They're supposed to be representing Saratogians and what this community wants um, from their leadership at the uh, city council table. So uh, Commissioner Montanino started talking about this agenda item about the police staffing levels. And he be began by really praising the department um, in a really wonderful way. He talked about how our community has never been safer. They just put out the public safety report from last year, um, which recapped 2021. And it showed that there has been really a negligible increase in crime. Like there has been really no increase in crime at all. Despite the fact we've had some high profile things happen, crime overall has not gone up at all. And we are as safe a community as we've ever been. And then he also spoke specifically about what has happened at Gaffney's earlier this month, or outside of Gaffney's rather, involving Gaffney's, I guess would be the most uh, correct way to say it. Um, on March 5th, there was uh, three people who were inside Gaffney's. Uh, they left the bar and I think they were asked to leave the bar. And then they started fighting in the street. The fight quickly turned into a brawl. Uh, 12 police officers responded. Three police officers were injured in said brawl. Simultaneously, what was happening was that there was someone who had been in Gaffney's earlier that evening who got into a fight with people inside Gaffney's and left. And apparently when he left, he told someone that he was going to get his gun and he was going to come back and settle the score. And they had reason to believe that he did have a weapon. And so uh, I, I believe Commissioner Montanino said there were two different witnesses to this. And the witnesses were able to, in the moment, tell a police officer and alert them to the fact that there was this guy that they were afraid was going to come back with a weapon and basically shoot the place up. 
And so they had a few details about who he was and what he looked like. They also had the detail that he was driving in a car with a Mississippi license plate. Um, so when they got this information, uh, the sergeant who got this information saw and heard that there had just been someone pulled over for erratic driving on the corner of Spring and Circular. And the car that was pulled over had Mississippi license plates. So they worked very quickly and took immediate action and really um, exhibited tremendously, tremendous police work and were able to uh, get there. And indeed, the person who had been pulled over at the corner of Spring and Circular had a loaded gun in the car and some kind of um, something that holds ammunition. And he had like many rounds of ammunition yes. in it as well. And he was apparently headed back to uh, Gaffney's. And so Commissioner Montanino was praising the department for essentially what he said was stopping what would have been a mass shooting. And that is a very scary thing to think about, but it's also just incredible. And it speaks to the competency of our police department that they were able to act so quickly and they were able to prevent what could have been a terrible tragedy. He then did a, a hard left turn though and began talking about how he and his deputy, who is a former sergeant in our police department, Jason Titu, um, had done research over the last few months to analyze how the police department was working. And he said that they were inefficient. He said they were mismanaged. He cited uh, statistics that I believe are incorrect because I don't know how they arrived at them, but he said things like, 40% of our police officers never even leave City Hall. That, that, that um, one was, I, I, sorry to interrupt you, Robert, because you're, no, you're, you're well, but, but that fires me up as well. That, that is so, it's probably, I, I don't, you know, that's so insulting, that's wrong. Yes, there are some administrative positions, of course, but that percentage, I just can't believe it. And what a, you know, if he was setting out to demoralize the police department, he, at that point, he started doing a great job of it, right? He did. And I, again, this was my job. I went out on patrol with these officers many times. I was in that police station all the time. The way it works is that we have a sergeant who's a desk sergeant on duty, and they're at the police station, manning the police station, and then all the patrol officers are out patrolling. So I don't know where he was coming up with that number, but he then went on to say that um, the command staff, which are our lieutenants, our assistant chief and chief, do not work weekends. And that is correct. That is part of their uh, contract. That is the benefit of rising to that level. You don't have to do the weekend duty anymore. You're there during the week. Um, but Commissioner Montanino was pointing out that the weekends are our busiest time. That's when we have the most arrests, the most calls for service. And so he found it, um, he thinks it's wrong, essentially, that the command staff isn't working weekends and isn't out on patrol in general on the weekends. And so because of those things, he thinks that we need another body um, to be a patrol officer or a sergeant, so we can increase the number of people who are on patrol. And so he wants to increase that by one person. Um, but he said the only way to bring about efficiency, accountability, and transparency in the department is to defund the assistant chief of police. Defunding the assistant chief of police has nothing to do with adding to the number of patrol officers we have. Um, to operate as a police department without an assistant chief is catastrophically bad in terms of how successful the department is and our ability to, to police well. It also means that because he did that, the current assistant chief will be demoted back to a lieutenant. Then the lieutenant who was just last promoted will be demoted back to a sergeant. The sergeants who were last demoted will be de demoted back to patrol officers and so on and so forth. 
So it's not just that he was getting rid of the assistant chief, he's also demoting multiple officers down the line uh, of command. And if he truly felt that we needed more bodies on the ground, if he truly felt we needed another patrol officer, all he had to do was go to the finance commissioner, sit down and have a conversation and say, how can we do this? How can we fund this? We need an extra body, how can we do this? The city just took in record sales tax numbers from 2021. We are flush with money. We are in financially terrific shape. And he didn't do that. The finance department did not know about this. He did not attempt to solve the problem that way. Instead, he just took this arbitrary and reckless step to get rid of our assistant chief. And he has, the things he's done since he took office in January 1 have already really destroyed the morale of the department. Morale is very low. We just had two other police officers leave in the last about two weeks. Our numbers are low, our morale is low. And then to do this and drop it like a bomb has just destroyed the morale of the police department. It has sent a message to the officers that their city government doesn't care about them, that they're not valued. And I anticipate we will see a mass exodus of people from our police department. And I can understand why. Um, because this is just, it is just wrong. And I am extremely concerned for our community because this community supports our police. They understand the value and significance of having law enforcement. We've just had all these issues on Caroline Street. People are really hyper-focused on safety. And so to do this, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just at a loss for words, Dan. I'm at, a, I'm at a total loss for words. The last time we had layoffs was in 2009. It was during a recession. It took us 10 years to recover from those layoffs, 10 years until we got back to the levels we were at in 2009. And that was because of a recession. It's widely looked at as a mistake. Um, I think people, you know, they realized that there could have been other ways to manage it. I got through a pandemic where our, our finances were destroyed. I got through the entire pandemic. I didn't lay off a single person. We, we kept every single job intact. So this is just totally unnecessary and catastrophically bad for the department and for the community. What, what I've been seeing from Jim Montanino, and keep in mind, I had a career in the state police. I've run two different uh, police unions, so I have some insight into this. Is he, he brought some things to the table. He had some knowledge, at least from the criminal justice perspective. But he seems to know nothing about uh, labor, both from a, a labor law perspective. That's why there was a grievance pending when he tried forcing them off 12-hour shifts as well as from an HR perspective. How, how do you retain people? How, how do you, again, I don't wanna say keep them happy because they are the employer, but how, how do you not demoralize them? He either he either doesn't care or, or just is that aloof that he, he doesn't know. He does bring some things to the table. I'm not gonna say he's a complete bust, but in these first few months, I've seen someone that is just um, at best sloppy, when it comes to the considering the morale of the police department, he, he's you know he's he's sloppy when he he, he shoots from the hip sometimes the uh, the gangster rap comment on Gaffney's and so forth, and he doesn't seem to recognize that. Again, I spoke a few weeks ago that the uh, the, the assistant commissioners you know I, I joke they need a handler. You said that Dan, that's the assistant commissioners. They, he needs to bounce some things off people. Uh, it doesn't seem like he is, or maybe he's just getting a nod. He's, he's, he's hearing what he wants to hear. I don't know. I don't know those things, but um, uh, those bother me as well. But you have much more insight into this than I do, Robin. I mean, what, what I know and what I could have observed just as a resident, even not with you know my experience and the connection I have to City Hall, um, he brought an agenda item last night that was a contract to um, purchase new police vehicles for the police department. 
it was on the last city council agenda, but he pulled it from the agenda because he didn't trust that his staff had actually told him what the, the best bid was on these vehicles. And, and so he went back and looked into the whole bidding process to make sure that of the five bids, this was the lowest and best bid, and they'd gone with the right person for these new city vehicles. I think that's a great thing to do if he wants to kind of double check people's work, but to do it publicly at a city council meeting and to walk through that at a city, city council meeting, all that says to me is I don't trust the staff who has been here for a really long time, who are knowledgeable, they know how to do their job, and they certainly wouldn't intentionally not give the commissioner the right bid for police vehicles. It's just, it just demonstrates his lack of trust in his department. And that's just so unfair and wrong for the people um, that live, that work there. I think we have Adam back. So um, hold on one sec, guys. I don't mean to toggle back and forth here between subjects, but because Adam's in Poland, I want to bring yes. him back in if he's here. Yes, we have to, yes. Adam, are you there? I'm here. Okay, we're going to do a hard switch back into Poland and Ukraine. And, and how are you, Adam? I'm uh, doing good. I'm doing good. It's it's a. Uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you guys got to get a, a little of the feels from from what I'm doing here. I mean, it's it, it's it's. If I could just share that with everybody, it, it is so just moving to be able to be the to be able to doing what I'm doing. So thank you everybody who's donated, who's bought ribbons, who's allowed me to to, to be here doing this. I wish you could you know meet these people like I do and talk to them and get to know them, but. Uh, but I'm doing well, so thank you guys. What I, I got to jump in. Um, when you went off, you were on for I don't know, 15 seconds, 20. When you went off screen, uh, everybody on this uh, thing was was grabbing for tissues. That was the most moving. We didn't expect it. That was so moving to see uh, uh, you transporting children from the Ukraine. Again, it was only I don't know 20 seconds, but wow, was that a moving sight for us? So, holy cow! God, God bless you, Adam. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that wasn't even playing. You know, I went I went to the border today, uh, and I'll I'll give you a little update about what I'm seeing here at the border. It, it looks like it looks like the crush of refugees is subsiding. So the people I talked to today had no problem getting out of Ukraine. Um, I don't, you know, I can't speak for all of Ukraine certainly, and I know there's areas that are very difficult to get out because of the Russian occupation. But for those who have the ability to get out, it's not the crushing um, uh, masses that you see at the train stations. I, you know, there was a picture going around that was pretty scary, where they, they compared it to World War II and put it in black and white. Uh, as, as far as I was in, uh, I was in the Warsaw Central train station yesterday. Probably about half as many people as before. Again, it's still, you know, still too many kids sleeping on the ground. But but it's 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 a promising sign. It's moving in the right direction. Um, and, and I yeah. think, I think, you know, what's happening is, is Poland's getting a, a lot of aid and, and, you know, you see hotels now they're getting, you know, the equivalent, like maybe 30 us dollars to put refugees in the hotels. But for instance, in my wife's home city, that's, I would say kind of the equivalent of, 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 of Lake George, a Polish Lake George. Uh, it's like, it's like the Sagamore, you know, the, the Polish version of Sagamore is now filled up with refugees. So, so it's taking a lot of the strain mm -hmm. off of the, the system. I mean, it, it, Warsaw's population has increased by over 11% in the last two weeks, if you oh. can imagine. So it's still, it's still a strain, but it, there's, there's, there's some, there's some positive, there's some good coming out of, uh, uh, you know, what was really bad when I first got here. Adam, one of the things I was saying that I've kind of learned um, watching you go through this experience is that there is a lot of humanitarian aid. There's a lot of uh, money and 
from all over the world, you know, headed to Ukraine. But for the, the people that you're working with, it, it takes a long time to filter down to the folks who need it right now. And so that's been kind of one of the, to me, the most satisfying things about this experience is that you're able to help with immediate needs. And, you know, a lot of folks, they, they can't wait for the aid that's coming through the bigger organizations to trickle down. So I think that's kind of a little bit of the magic of um, having you there. Yeah, that's that, that's that's exactly right. So, I mean, I can tell you in Poland right now, every Ukrainian uh, refugee here is going to be getting the 300 zloty a month, which really, I mean, it's only like 80 bucks, but it'd be the equivalent of getting like $300 a month. But that money hasn't started flowing yet. So, you know, these cards go a long way. The, the cards with the $20 in them, uh, we're going to keep this going. I just talked to one of these hotels. They, they just had 300 people come or, or they're up to 300 now. Hotel's full. They have 100 cards. I'm down to my last 50. So people can bring cards to the end of Saratoga. Same deal. Please put $20 in them. If you don't, please clearly make, you know, I love getting cards from kids and we can put, put volunteer money in them. But please make sure it's marked because I don't want to give one family cards with 20 bucks in each card and then another family not because, you know, you can imagine how demoralizing that would be on the family that didn't get the money. Yeah. Adam, can I interrupt you? Cause you're going faster. So one way people can give money is to drop off a card with money in at the $20 or, or not so marked at the inn at Saratoga, your, your, your family's hotel on Broadway at the corner of circular street. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly right. And then it's they right, can go it's to right the, across from the holiday inn. Yes. Okay. And then they can go to the letters for hope uh, uh, for Ukraine Letters of Hope for Ukraine uh, Facebook site, and and Robin uh, uh, was helpful there to give people the uh, uh, the link, and we're going to work on that as well. That's another way you can get money to to give to these uh, the refugees. Is that correct? So you can't give money through the Facebook page, but it, there's information with uh, Adam's Venmo handle on there. Okay. So his Venmo information is there, so you can Venmo him um, a donation directly. But the Letters for Hope Ukraine page is really terrific because it has all the Adam's updates on where yes. the money is going, who it's going to. And so you can see exactly who you're helping and how. And, and you're right up this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we bought a bunch of bikes for, for, for kids yesterday. It's really, uh, oh, and we're, you know, one thing we're learning about the, the, the Ukrainians is like, they don't, you almost have to force, you know, the, the stuff on them sometimes. They, they want to work. They, they, and so we're helping them, you know, just, start little businesses, start little things they could be doing to, to raise money. So you know, one of the things we did, which I'm really excited about, is we bought one family uh, gear ne needed to dry fruits, vegetables, and to make beef jerky. And what we do is we buy a lot of food and send it into Ukraine to the to the troops there. What we're going to do is we're going to have these women, you, you know, start a little business making beef jerky and dried fruit. And we're going to buy it from them and then send it into their husbands. So it's, it's their, you know, their mm -hmm. food's going to be going into the, the food they make is going to be going into their, their, their fathers and husbands. And, you know, and I should say there, there are women, there are moms, there are daughters fighting in Ukraine as well. So it's not just the men fighting over there, but, uh, but it's, 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 again, it's, it is a lot of great coming on. I can't tell you any, I, I had to stop watching the news because I can't, I can't watch, you know, now that I'm this close to it and knowing the people I do, it's it's just it's just gut wrenching just to you know just to to watch what's going on there. So I have no idea how the war is going, but I can tell you from from the from the refugee standpoint, it's 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 the best of a worst situation. You know, it's a really horrible situation, but Poland's doing great and the refugees are doing great. So 
they're, they're not doing I great. I think not, take it back. Poland's doing as well as the best considered, perhaps. I think it's a good thing that you're staying off the news, Adam. And if there's any big war developments, we'll let you know. But but yeah. don't don't put that emotional burden on yourself of, of taking in all that. You know, your 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 focus and energy and attention is exactly where it needs to be. Um, but one of the things that you said just now that really struck me, and and I don't know why this is so striking to me, but you know, you're talking about how some of these families who are refugees, you're trying to give them things, and they're like, no, 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 we already have enough of that, or we don't need that, and they're and just the kind of pride and and that impulse to kind of understand there's this the need is so broad and so you know they have whatever the item is that you're trying to give them they they're like no you, they wanted to go to someone else and maybe it's just something that you know we've lost here in american culture a little bit um but it's just been so um inspiring again to see and hear from you yeah yeah it is i mean there's this there's there's two ladies and uh you know one worked in finance and one was a social worker in ukraine and they they want they I went out and I got a vacuum cleaners and cleaning kits because they want to start cleaning houses to make money. Um, so that's something that's interesting. You know, one of the things I'm finding is that, and I think, and I'm just, I'm throwing this idea out there to the world right now. You guys can tell me what you think. If anybody's interested, having the connection to these families is so moving, rewarding. It's just unbelievable. And, and they're not, again, they don't, they don't, take what they don't absolutely need you know maybe if there's some families out there who kind of want to adopt a ukrainian family i could put them in touch over facebook and then i and, you know the fear of that what happens if they ask for, they're not going to ask for the world they're going to ask for little things that, that they need um and if, and i could be the conduit to getting people those things right so if you have a you're working with a facebook family you know and they they have a birthday coming up i could arrange to get toys for the kids you know um, so it's just, it's just an idea that I, that I kind of kicked around. What do, what do you guys think? It's a terrific I idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love it. And I, I think, you know, this is going to be, this is not going to be a quick hit. We, we know that this is going to be a really, it's going to be a while um, that uh, these, these families are not going to be back um, to their, their homeland, to their home country. And um, I think it's wonderful for them to know that there are so many people around the world that care about them, um, but to have a, a individual relationship and kind of adopt a family, so to speak, from a, from from here, I think, I mean, I would love to do that, you know. Yeah. So so we we'll we'll, we'll talk offline about that. Um, but why, boy, things happen so fast. I thought, why well, I got you, even though the whole world's going to be listening. What an idea like that. One other thing, Robin, that's kind of cool. I wanted to report back to is that uh, there was a lady who, who was over here who had, I believe, it was her mother was in the states, uh, and she wanted to. She she's a uh, she's a, a young mother herself. Robin, I know you put me in touch with somebody who could help. In the meantime, somebody already else had started helping her, and so tomorrow I'm actually right now I'm in southern Poland by the border. Tomorrow I'm actually meeting her in Warsaw and taking her to the U.S. Embassy, and I think we're going to be able to get her a visa. And get her and her family into into the states to be with wow. her mother. And Yay! She's the one, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, you know, we'll share when it happens. But you know, and in the meantime, too, it's her. Her, you know, I dropped her husband off at the train station to, with you know, with with with, a, with some gear we got for him because he was going back to fight. He was a soldier, so you know, we pray for her husband. But we're you know, we're happy she can she can kind of get to the states and start to start to uh, you know form a normal life for herself and her kids. So. Wait, that's amazing news. That's amazing news because Adam Adam had told me that there, you know, she, there was someone who had a mother in America and who had a green card and is a, is a citizen here, 
And the, but the process to do these things is really complicated. And so I had spoken to an immigration attorney and, you know, there you can get family visas. But again, these processes are they're challenging. They're difficult. I don't know how, you know, our immigration policy works necessarily. You really have to have an expert to help. But that is such great news, Adam. I love yeah. hearing that. And tell, tell, tell your friend, the immigration attorney, that. I'll, I'm, I'm going to take him up on that offer sooner or later. You, you know, I, it's just this, this, this lady had started working with, and, and, and to the, to, to the lady who's helping, who's watching, thank you very much. It's uh it's great. And, and I want to say too, I, I keep on harping on this. I really think the, it would be the, the United States should open its borders to the, these Ukrainian refugees. I mean, it's, it, they're, they're tradesmen's, they, 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 I can't tell you how much we could use them at our family businesses in, in the hotel. These, you know, these ladies that want to clean rooms and cook, you know, a lot of them, you, you know, see you all these little, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No, I, I was going to say there's been a, a really interesting comparison that I, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but um, when Venezuela back in 2015 went through an economic collapse, they had about a million and a half Venezuelans um, assimilate into Colombia. And it was it went so successfully because Colombia offered them, I think, like a 10 year, uh, whatever their equivalent is of like a visa status. And they were just I just was listening to this um, a program about it. And they were saying it was such a successful effort because a uh, Colombia gave them this 10 year you know, visa. So they really felt like they were settled in. They weren't going to be there temporarily. And then um, the significance of going to a community and feeling like you are contributing. And not that you're being a burden, but that you're able to work and and contribute in some way. And they were just pointing it pointing it out as um, a refugee crisis that was so successful in terms of the country that took the refugees and why it works so well there. And I think there's a lot to be learned um, around the world from that. I think Im American immigration policy sucks. Um, I, I think it's horribly cumbersome. It's virtually impossible for anyone to figure out how to get here, become a citizen, get these visas without an attorney, without expert help. We don't have enough organizations that are doing it for free who are volunteering because, you know, more often than not, who has money to to get an attorney, even if you could find one. So I think we have like some serious flaws in our immigration policy. And I wish that I was in. Oh, I think oh, we lost we, Adam. We lost him. Well, I was just going to say, I wish I was like in charge or had some say over that. But I don't know how the heck you make that change um, to our immigration policy, aside from talking to our, you know, state state officials, really. This, I, I think this will happen, right? There will be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, re of refugees. This uh, this country will open up to, to some of them. They're going to have to streamline processes and so forth. So I think you'll, I, I hope you'll see some of that happen. And the next step will be the atoms of the world and, and you and I and everyone else have, you know, some, some will come to Saratoga perhaps. And you know, Dan, I, I hope that is the case, but the immigration attorneys I've spoken to um, were pointing to the recent, you know, influx of refugees from Afghanistan and have just said that getting the Afghani families here has been a total nightmare. And if that's any indication, I mean, it's the same premise of yeah. um, the Ukrainian refugee crisis. So uh, I'm, I wish I could be more optimistic about it, but you know, it's just really a reminder of how important immigration policy is and, and how you know, nationally we need to refocus on it in a way that's comprehensive for people who are in a crisis. I, uh, well, we will be, of course, following up on this with Adam every week. You know, Robin, we we didn't we planned on going a little longer, but we're close to 50 minutes. Do, do you want to run this down and skip some of our, our closing, skip the cheers and jeers and so forth? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, sure. I think that's a good idea. Um, to, to finish up on the police department, uh, I just wanted to say that 
I've been in touch with some former public safety commissioners, um, some, you know, our former city council members. And um, uh, oh, hold on, Adam is texting me. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I don't know who's texting he's on me. The okay. Move there, so that might have been. Yeah, yeah, he's on the move. Could have lost coverage. Um, yes, I think we did lose coverage. So, uh, you know, maybe next week we can talk about some of the other things that happened at the council meeting this week because there was like a whole long list of things. And, so and we. Yes. Oh, and to our Good listeners, spot. Robin had some good guests lined up today uh, for those issues. Uh, obviously, that 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 wasn't going to happen. We had some more important things to discuss. Also, some of the guests had some uh, curveballs thrown at them as well. But you've done a lot of groundwork on that, so we will have to pick that up next week. Yes, we will, um, because the goal of this podcast is always to inform Saratogians as to what's going on. When we're talking about some of these more controversial issues, um, Dan, Adam, and I all feel it's extremely important for us to represent both sides of an issue. So when we bring guests on to talk about things, we are always going to take every effort to make sure the other side is um, is also discussed and we have guests on both sides of each subject. Um, so we're really committed to doing that, right, Dan? Yes, uh, Jim Montanino, if you're watching this, get a hold of us. We'd like to talk to you about possibly coming on uh, down the road. Yes, I will I will reach out to him, Dan. Mm -hmm. I will uh, reach out to him to make sure he has that opportunity. Um, I know the PBA uh, just put out a statement, I think, on what just happened. So I'll be in touch with them as well and see if they want to come on. But um, we just thank everybody for listening. Go to Letters for Hope for Ukraine. Yes. Drop off cards with $20 at the end of Saratoga. Get a ribbon. Um, if you want to support this, it's, it's a great thing. It's needed. And uh, we're really making a difference in people's lives through um, Adam's work and Kasha's work. So... Another well, another good episode, Dan. Another good episode. Big day, Thanks. big stuff we're dealing with here. You know. Uh, absolutely. We uh, uh, to our to our listeners, our viewers, we will we'll be on next week. We will have plenty on Ukraine and and certainly some local coverage as well. Yes, and uh, for people who want to watch our podcast, first of all, you can send us comments or questions at info at talkingsaratoga.com. We're always open to feedback. If anyone you know wants to come on because they have something to talk about, shoot us an email. Um, we'll get right back to you. You can find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and uh, it's shared to Facebook pages. Uh, it's shared on the Saratoga Report. So we're all over the place. Come take a look. Have a listen. Thank you all so much, Dan. Unless you have anything else to add, I'll wrap us up. Uh, I, I'm good. Thank you for watching. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.